Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher. And Now, I know you're looking at me and I know what you're all thinking. Kev, why do you have the beard again? You've uh, Kevin G has made fun of you for it. It's not really a good beard and it's it's too light. It just looks bad. You have a baby face. Well, I felt that uh, the respect I have for today's guest and his impressive beardage made me want to pay homage to him in some way. And this this pathetic attempt at a beard is basically all I've got. And I'm going to read him in as I've been known to do for past guests of this podcast. But before we do, I just want a real quick brief shout out to sponsors of the show. No judges needed for all of your BJJ gear and casual wear needs. Please go to www.nojudgesneeded.com. Pick everything up and then get to the checkout. Realize it's a lot of money because, you know, quality ain't cheap. But remember that your friends at the JJT are here to help you out with the promo code JJT, netting you 20% off all purchases. You can't fathom a deal this good. So, you know, pause this video and go do that. Just Just buy them all out of stock. Yeah, no, we'll wait. We'll wait. Just you can you could maybe okay. grow a beard out. It will yeah, be grow, in the time nice it in the time it, it takes back. you to do this, you could grow a better beard than I've been working on for months. <laughs> so, but once again, thank you to the sponsors. No judges needed. They've been with us for a long time, and they are continuously gassing us up. We love you guys. All right, now back to today's guest. Today we welcome uh, BJJ Black Belt uh, instructor at Derby City Martial Arts and founder of the wildly successful. BJJ YouTube channel, Chu Jitsu, which offers advice and insights for grapplers of all skill levels. Uh, Easily the most handsome man in the game, Nick Chewy Albin. Chewy, thank you so much for stopping by. How are you doing? I'm good. I've never been um, introduced as the most handsome, so uh, I, I appreciate that. That's a new one for me. Well, you know, I I gotta say it's I, I might be tipping my hand a bit, but you know that's that's my opinion, and and dang it, I'm sticking by it. I'm I'm real quick. I want to say sorry to Flavio. He just edged you out, Flavio. All my <laughs> other friend. Flavio's a good looking man. We got he is a good looking man. He's Damn. a handsome man. He's, he's got, his chin is just regal, you know, and you can see it under the beard, which says something. Regal. That's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so Chewy, what uh what what you got going on today, man? How's how's life been treating you? Life's been fantastic. Um, same as always, pretty much training and um working on the different things that I have going on, and just that's about that. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary, but it's good stuff. Now for the two or three of our audience that are possibly unaware. Uh, could you give us a little bit of insight into your, your YouTube channel, uh, what you're trying to use your platform for, uh, and and basically just some, some cliff notes for us. Um, so, I mean, the, the channel's sort of taking different turns and things like that, but basically, um, I share everything from technical advice to answering, like doing Q and A's and things like that with, uh, questions that a lot of people have that sometimes, they don't feel, it seems like it, they don't feel comfortable asking someone or if they just want a different perspective on something. Um, I have questions that I tip, sometimes answer that aren't even necessarily jujitsu related, but kind of are. Um, and, and the whole sort of mission, I guess, with the channel is I gained a lot through grappling. 
you know, both as a person, you know, both skill wise and all that kind of stuff in competition. That's been great, but also it fundamentally changed me as a person for the better. And I've seen it do that for a lot of my students. And so this is just simply a manifestation of that. I'm just trying to extend a hand because I feel like a lot of times, like a great example is recently I um, talked to a orthopedic surgeon. Um, we had him on uh, the podcast that Eugene and I do. And we were talking on that podcast and he was saying he became an orthopedic surgeon because when he was a kid, he was uh, involved in a really bad accident and the orthopedic surgeon made it so he could walk again, right? So the, if it wasn't for the skill of this doctor, he would have not been able to walk. And so that's why when he became older, he's like, I want to be able to do this for someone else. And so for me growing up, I ended up being in a situation where I was a young kid who got jumped, got beat up. And I went through a lot of stuff when I was in my early teens and things like that. And wrestling and jujitsu and, and grappling in general uh, brought me connection to human beings that were, it's been really strong and profound. Um, and it's given me different things in my life from confidence to physical abilities and all this different stuff that have transformed my life. And so, you know, just like the doctor wanting to do that for other people, that's just my way of doing it. I like this thing. This thing's given me a lot. I just want to sort of give that back to others. And that's what it is. That's cool, man. I, I, I think about that a lot whenever I think about guys, and this is something that, you know, for, for those of you that are lusting after the the public spotlight and your social media endeavors, like I think a lot about that. I, you know, then, you know, if you know, if you know who Gary V is, I'm sure all you guys know who Gary V. If you got an Instagram yeah. account, you've seen Gary V on there somewhere or another. Like one of the things he always talks about is, is the idea of, you know, you don't post content with the intent of catching people's eye. You don't post content you know, with that insight of saying, okay, what am I going to do to capture people's interest? You post content that you love. You post content that you're passionate about, and you hope that that passion is enough to fuel interest. And, and, and you know, when you talked about the idea of watching Jiu-Jitsu change lives and how it's changed your life and affected your life, you know, it's obviously something that you're very passionate about and something that you have a well- of knowledge and you've been a black belt for how long five years now something like that ten years something like that you've been a black belt uh, nine it's a nine, little yeah. nine yeah yeah I, I, yeah i remember Man. you've been a black belt for a while so you know you, you go out there and, and you start posting these things and you know whatever happens happens but you got there doing things that you love like when you first started your youtube channel when you start first started putting the information out there what what were your expectations did you think you would grow to the level of of you know you know, stature that you've gotten to at this point? No, of course not. Um, when I was posting it, it started off as a means to help out my students. So basically, I would initially post videos of techniques that we were working on. Um, and then I started posting drilling videos because a lot of my younger guys were coming in to do open mat time and they were coming in to drill, right? And I say that because, <laughs> in air quotes, because they would come in and basically talk for a few minutes and they would just roll, right? And uh, I, I was telling these guys, like, look, you need to drill. And so what I did was is I started putting out videos saying, okay, if you don't know what to do, just drill these techniques and they would correspond with whatever we were doing in classes. And so this way they could, um, you know, do those. And then along the way, people started asking questions um, to different places that weren't my students. And so that that's where like the Q and A's came from. And um, I've even found that my students benefit from those because a lot of times, like I've had several times where, you know, a new student comes into the gym, they're training and then they, you know, 
they have questions about jujitsu and, you know, I, I'm not at, you know, no, I'm not at someone's beck and call all the time. And so they're like being able to go through this database of information and say, man, I want, like I had a student just the other day said, man, I was looking for this thing and I saw your video pop up. And so I watched this video. I was like, perfect there. And there it was. And it even, um, even sometimes even like, it was funny, uh, even higher belt. Sometimes there was a brown belt that visited the gym uh, last week and I was showing a, or this week, excuse me. And I was showing a uh, guillotine set up uh, in one of my recent videos and it's just a it's just a change of grips and uh he told me that he used the, the change of grips like five times successfully recently so um it, it helps the people that are inside the gym as well but again that's kind of where it spawned from i didn't expect it to be this thing you know yeah it's cool man like it's i i'm always refreshed when i hear things like that because again in the world that we live in with with everyone so you know furiously chasing after that dream of coming becoming the next you know, uh, what are they, what's, what's the word they use for it? Uh, you know, internet celebrity or, or influencer. Inf influencer, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. It's cool to see people like yourself that are just, you know, hey, man, like I didn't do this to become an influencer. I just did this because I love jujitsu. And like I started mm -hmm. putting things out there. And before you know it, wow, it turned into something where I could maybe make a little money off of or make a name for myself, blah, 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 into some kind of a business. But at the beginning of it, it was really just a means for you to display what you love and what you love is jujitsu. Yeah. I mean, I spent, you know, I spent probably the better part because I started a blog when I first, uh, when we were doing the business stuff, I started a blog like way back in 2012 because I was looking up business stuff for the gym and it was like, you should start a blog. I didn't know what I was going to write about, right. but I'll start a blog. So I started writing a blog and the blog became like this sort of this just place to deposit ideas on training philosophies and stuff like that, that I had and just ideas. And what's interesting is I wrote, I wrote posts in this blog for almost three years. And uh, to, to tell you how like primitive I was in the idea of like, you know, being on the internet at the time, I didn't even know how to check, like if people were like looking at them. And so like, I thought I didn't realize, I didn't think anybody was reading them anyway. So I was just posting this stuff out. And then later on, as I, I went back and I knew how to do the search features on like Twitter and all this stuff, I'm like, oh, people were actually sharing them. Yeah, people, right. like them. people, people um, actually read this shit, right? <laughs> yeah. But what happened was, is by just doing, moving from a place that of my own enthusiasm, right? I was just, I was enjoying what I was doing. That sort of came into a situation where then I had like a lot, both the training, the years of training, but also had the years of actual de developing my own ideas of what I think about stuff, not what someone's telling me to think about, but I actually think this. And then so when the video started, it was just like, I'm ready to go. I'm locked and loaded. I've got years of experience. I've got, you know, over a decade of experience and I've got, you know, nearly five years of like just chewing through my own training philosophies and ideas. And now when I come to, to share something, I have something to give. It was never like you know, post a picture, look at me, look at me. It was more of like, I want to give you something that you can use and that's beneficial to you because I mean that there's nothing better than that as a coach is to help someone else out. Yeah, man. So I, I think a lot when I think about this and I think about like, again, the modern world, I'm mean, going to, the theme today is going to be, let's talk yeah, one about second. I just, ahead, uh, I felt like I needed to update Chewy's uh, name tag a little bit just to BJJ. And this is the, 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 the build Chewy up show is, uh, <laughs> man, this is getting good. Uh, okay. right. I, I hate the term influencer, right? <laughs> like so, Someone sent me a, uh, like a message message the other day to like trying to like push something on there like hey you're like one of the biggest influencers in jujitsu we would love to get you using this product or something and i'm like the, the idea of influencers like i'm not an influencer i'm a coach right. i do videos and i coach people that's what I mean. i'm not i'm not trying to be a 
I'm not trying to be Instagram famous. You know what I mean? Like I'm just, I'm moving from a place of whatever, and whatever happens happens. Right. right. It's like when we do jujitsu, we tell people, don't worry about the belt. It'll just, it, the good things come if you find your own space or whatever, just like, I'm not worried about a belt. I'm not worried about like, what's my, you know, this, that, or whatever. How many, what's my SEO? What's like, uh, like how many in- interactions and, in- and impressions am I leaving with this post or whatever, yeah. you know? I mean, but, like, cause I, I know how to do some of this stuff. Like I know how to do the marketing stuff. I'm a student of it because I mean, you have to be a student of business if you want your gym to do well. Right. But the, at the same time, you know, I don't want to have to trick and connive people to do something. I want people to follow me because they're enjoying, like, they're enjoying what's going on. You know what I mean? That's kind of the, the whole purpose. So if it's, if you don't enjoy it, cool, but I'm not going to like sort of, you know, trick someone into doing something or, and I'm not really that worried about, you know, being like an influencer, you know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> so sorry. I think you know, it's cool, man. I, I love all this, man. I, I'm, and I, I want to continue down this road because I, I have a little bit of a lunatic fringe in my brain about this shit too. Cause I lusted for that be you that you know that influencer type label for a long time and then i started to realize what in the fuck am i even doing this for it's ridiculous you know and it's funny because after i got to the point where i realized that it's really less about the influencer label and the people you reach and more about just doing what you love i becoming more successful with my endeavors because now i don't really i'm not concerned as much about the outcome i'm just concerned about putting good information out there content doing things that i love and that i am an expert in in in, in one way or another one way or another yeah. so the question i have for you is this is like tell me some of the things you think about when you think about our modern community our modern jiu-jitsu community i mean particularly with with athletes trying to vie for for uh for notoriety for notoriety yeah. and slots on big events and part of the way they have to do that is to go out there and promote themselves and then they get these egocentric ideas that they deserve more than they got and a lot of them are doing these things before they've actually put the time in to learn their craft like tell me what you think about like you know yeah you're an influencer yeah you did all the stuff but you didn't do any of this until you went out there and learned everything you could possibly learn about jujitsu before you did that like tell me what you think about those ideas man. hmm or uh, so if we can rephrase the question because i'll go off into all sorts of weird nooks and crannies uh, when you're talking about are we talking about like the way that the community is where people are all trying to get the eyes on them kind of thing. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. I mean, it's it just in general, like I, you know what I mean? I, I, I ask questions like this all the time. I just, I just really want you to start yapping. You know what I'm talking <laughs> about? Like, it's so like what the, my, 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 my question to you would be, what do you tell these younger athletes that are lusting for that appearance before they've actually put their time in to deserve the, the accolades? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's just, it's something <clears throat> that's kind of sort of it's a it's out there in societies just in general is that people do not appreciate the apprenticeship time right um there is something special about the time that you spend in the shadows doing the work that you need to do and you know being a devout follower of someone learning their stuff and and, and basically taking it all in and then eventually coming out and saying, okay i'm ready to go i'm ready to step out into my own you know spotlight now you can obviously do this in different ways um, along the way, right? And there's there's different like sort of methods that you could do, but um, a lot of times you see that there's young guys that 
and women, I say guys just sort of gender, uh, not specific to gender, but um, I, I think every jiu-jitsu guy says, okay, guys, right? right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I got in trouble doing that a couple of weeks ago with okay, Emily guys. Kwan. <laughs> oh, really? yeah, yeah, they so, were um, working from not another Warren. story. <laughs> Hey, well, my, my female instructor, she she's over there with like the females sometimes. She's, all right, guys, let's do this. You know, like, yeah, she doesn't. Um, and she's talking to all women. But um, anyway, so the I, I think that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. I think that self-promotion is very important because, you know, this is one of the things where you could be the most amazing grappler. But if you don't promote yourself in some fashion, um, then it's going to be a bad thing, right? Because you do want to, because especially if you're an athlete, and let's say if you're making all of your money from from your ability to compete and things like that, I mean, you've got a shelf life, and it's not very long, right? So you better get out there and, and do and work it and do something while you got time. I am sad that a lot of times, because the lowest hanging fruit is basically trash talking. It's the easiest thing, right? So basically, if you, it's the easiest thing to grab people's attention, right? Is to like stir stuff up. And I wish there was more, if people were like better students of like, you know, of these sorts of things, not just the training of jujitsu, but the actual, like how you market something. Um, you, there's a lot of different ways that you can market things that it doesn't have to be like, I got to talk smack about this and, and things like that. And then going back to the apprenticeship, I wish that there was more of an appreciation because we obviously have it. And a lot of times you, you see it, that these people have apprenticeship, like, you know, and, and they're completely, you know, devoted to training, but then online, it's like, they're trying to be the, the dude before they're actually the dude. Like I got this message recently again, um, from the podcast, uh, from our, our podcast DMS and it's a blue belt. And he was basically telling us, I mean, like in his own way, but it came across as like, okay, guess you want me on your podcast. So if you're, <laughs> If if you're ready to have me on there, I was on all of these podcasts, so right, exactly. I'm, I'm working my way up to the top. And That's if you funny. don't act now, I'm gonna be. I mean, like, I'm like, bro, look, we have I have black belts on the podcast all the time. Like, yeah. if you make it the black belt, we can have you. On. And, and I have no problem having someone on like that. But like the way that you presented yourself, as in, like, I I am so lucky to have you right, exactly. on my podcast. Right? Oh my gosh, thank you, sir. Like at, at that point, I'm, I'm I'm turned off. I'm tuned off. I'm like, bro, get out of here. Like, all right, you know? hey Chewy, let listen up because I don't think you've been respecting me enough. You're talking to the silver medalist New England Submission Classic white belt runner up, <laughs> silver medalist, and I need you to. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm need you I need you to put some more respect on my name. Don't think <laughs> I'm getting enough love here, man. <laughs> little <laughs> little respect. How dare <laughs> you, <laughs> sir? That's <laughs> but that's yeah. actually that that brings me to a point that I also wanted to pick your ear as someone who is trying to, to raise up that next generation of grapplers. You're an instructor. You have a lot of face time with, with your students. Is that an element of the game, like for your competitive students that you go over, like that uh, social media presence? Like, do you talk with any of your athletes about how to like do go about that in a way that's, that's authentic to them or are do you, is that not something that that really comes up much? You know, it really hasn't come up that much, but I've recently seen a few of my uh, students sort of getting dabbling into that range or into that realm. And so I'm doing a uh, I'm doing a class at the gym uh, later on this month where I'm going to kind of go through the steps and um, I have them all filling out surveys and then I'm going to walk them through like, OK, look, let's look at your stuff and give them some strategies to work with that they could use in order to 
um, present themselves in a particular light, right? Because again, giving them ideas where like, look, there's not just one way to do this. There's a lot of different ways to do this and you can do so. Like, even if you are like, for instance, when you've been training for 20 years, you got a few ideas to, to, to bring to the table. You can present yourself as like someone like, Hey, I've got some ideas. You know, if you're a little bit newer, you're still like, you're still like in the early stages of the journey. So you, instead of being like trying to position yourself as the dude, why don't you like take people along for this ride that you're going through? That's a better way to do it because then you're saying like, look, um, I'm not the dude yet. I hope to be someday, right? Just like everybody does. So let me take you along the ride with me and I'm going to just share what I'm finding out. I mean, and granted, this is kind of how I do it anyway. I'm, I don't really consider myself the dude. I'm always like, this is just what I think. You know, these are my ideas and take them what you want. But I think there's lots of different ways to do it. And so uh, I'm doing a class for them in uh, later this month. That's an interesting perspective on that. I never thought about it in that terms of the idea of saying, hey, look, I'm not trying to show you. I'm an, I'm an expert. I'm trying to show you like what I'm doing to become an expert in the road to get there. That's an interesting take on things because mm-hmm. that's something that I think that that lower belts can relate to everyone can relate to you know what i mean even even mm-hmm. upper belts higher belts that have already kind of gone down that road can look oh i mean remember uh, those for, stages, for, you know. for me a big example of that sort of relationship going badly would probably be something like dylan danis and marcello where like a dylan's antics on social media and and in the culture sort of caused a rift and you know part of that might be that it, it was something that was never discussed during Dylan's, you know, formative years as a grappler, other, and you're seeing that with a lot of grapplers that are coming up and getting their higher belts in this internet age, as they go immediately right into, I got to start talking smack and I got to start yelling at people in DMS in order to get fights, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where I do mean, you, it, yeah. and you, and you, the answer is, is you don't, right? Like, because there's other ways to create, you know, we'll use the word influence, um, that don't necessarily have to be uh, based upon like trash talking or, you know, stir, stirring the pot, so to speak. There's a lot of ways to do to, to create a connection with other people. Um, but again, a lot of times this is something like when I talk to jujitsu gym owners and things like that, like, you know, when you when you own a jujitsu business, for instance, you, you have to become a student of lots of different things related to business because, you know, you just being really good at jujitsu does not mean anything. It's not going to keep the lights open or the lights on and the gym doors open. So if you want to keep your gym doors open, you're going to have to become a student of other things, just like you're a student of jujitsu. And so, you know, if people did, you know, a little bit more study into these things, uh, there's a lot of different ways to present yourself in a way that could gain um, a strong connection with people that are following you that doesn't isn't based solely upon, you know, stirring the pot. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrestle with that idea a lot because I talk to a lot of promoters. You know, I, we, we have contact with a lot of promoters through the Jiu-Jitsu Times and things like that, and I'm pretty close friends with with Josh LaDuke. And, mm-hmm. and uh, we it's 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 something that is unfortunate because it's, it's, it's kind of indoctrinated into the fight game or the entertainment business because never forget that. Like fighting yeah. is entertainment. You know, you know <clears throat> what I mean? As much as we'd like to as athletes – maintain that level of prosciutto code and i think in the gym there's a different element of that we're in the gym we're talking to people and i think with in between the athletes behind closed doors for the most part there's also some few exceptions but for the most part there's a genuine bushido code between competitors but sure. like there's the part that i wrestle with myself is the idea of what it takes to sell an event versus what it takes to maintain the integrity of it 
And somewhere in the middle there, there has to be that kind of dissection in order to keep businesses open and keep events profitable. And like, I see that. Where I get a problem with, and this is always the endless debate, and as we start talking about, is when you see guys that are just emulating the Conor McGregor, you know, template for success, <laughs> or the Gordon Ryan mm-hmm. template for success, and you look at these guys, you think to yourself, "Hey, bro, like, that's super cute, but you're like an O and two amateur fighter, and you know, and, and you're talking like like you're ready to take on the world and calling out people and, and slurring their mothers and stuff yeah. on, on Instagram and Facebook, like." Why don't you go out there and, and and win a couple fights first, and then maybe we can work on your image. Go 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 put the content in first, and that kind of brings us back to the overall theme of everything we're talking about. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's you know it's important. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna talk that that way, you should be pretty darn good. Like you need to be good right. because nobody cares about a trash talker who talks smack, right? You should spend your time in the gym training rather than practicing your your stuff you're going to say. Um, and I think it's fine. It, it really is to me. It, I, I don't I really don't put much stock into it. And I think it's, it's kind of a it can be a good thing sometimes where, you know, like if a person, a fighter, grappler, whatever they are, if they understand how to separate the entertainment from the reality. Right. So if they go out and they fight. Um, or if they compete or whatever, and then obviously after it's done, it's done, right? You were doing it leading up to this thing. You get people sort of riled up, and then you have your match, and then it's just kind of all done with, and then you move on to the next one. I think it, it, you can you can see people that do that, and you can see that it's purely entertainment. They're just doing something because they're trying to get a bigger payday, and I can't fault them for that, right? And it's an effective tool if you do it right. Um, you know, I, I think it's just sometimes where you see like maybe younger people who who are coming up, like they don't understand that like some of these guys – that's not how they are all the time. Like they might talk this way on Instagram or they might say this in a promo video, but when you take them away, like they're actually kind of chill and they're nice to people when they see them and whatever else it's like, but, but then you'll get these younger people that are seeing it and they think, Oh, that's how they are all the time. And so they mimic this sort of caricature that they've created for themselves. That's kind of a, a character that they trot out for their, their promos and for their, all this stuff. And then they take it back in, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And uh, like one example that I think yeah, you specifically will agree with me on, uh, given the fact that you've rolled with the guy, uh, JT Torres never got anywhere by talking smack. He just got to where he is by being JT Torres. <laughs> so, and a he could have lots of good athletes, you know. You oh, yeah. He's just a, good on the list of people that have got there just being who they are. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. It's like, well, f- for a long time, I think just based on the lack of social media, there was never anything to be gained by by being that incendiary for jujitsu specifically. Like if anything, being agreeable would probably help you just get more matches, you know, like, if yeah. you, but, uh, you know, and it's, it's interesting to talk about that too, the social media aspect and how our world has changed so much since the onslaught of social media. I mean, you see mm-hmm. it in tons of different avenues, like the idea of, of degrading away what real experts are, you know, sometimes, you know, the guys, people that are actual experts. And I guess this goes back a long way. Cause I, I like, I, I will never knock someone's hustle. I never will. If you got the, if you got the moxie to go out there and market the shit out of yourself and you are less skilled and less intelligent on the subject than I am. It's on me for not pushing harder to make sure people know 
because I'm an expert. I'm just using myself as a generalization. I'm just talking. Yeah, to and if you're if you're man, if your hustle's knocking over banks, man, you just go for it, man. I'm never gonna <laughs> knock the hustle. <laughs> no, but but what I see a lot and what I notice a lot with the onslaught of social media and the fact that we're constantly being bombarded with people's opinions and we're constantly being bombarded with everyone trying to prove what a badass they are and talk about all the smack. Like it's really changing the dynamic of the world. Like we're not looking to experts for advice. We're looking to people that can talk the loudest and get the most views. It gets the most likes. And it's almost like a, a dumbing down of society in that regard. Sometimes this isn't new. Yeah. Um, so like the social media is obviously you have this, all this stuff that's going on in social media has been going on. The only difference is you have like a, a literally like an IV like drip hooked up to your vein. <laughs> And that's the, the point. That's not to interrupt you, but that's the point. Yeah. Like the fact that it's so much more in your face now. <laughs> which is why, which is why I tell my students all the time, like I don't spend much time on the phone, right? I don't have much social media apps on it. I spend less than an hour a day going through them. I make my posts. I talk to the people within those posts. I maybe take a question or two, but otherwise like my phone is either on, like it's on audible. It's on like a YouTube video or something, a lecture I'm watching. Otherwise it sits in the corner. I don't want to mess with it. It's not what I want to do. And so, you know, one of the things is if we're talking about the marketing stuff, which is what we are. You want to be in the world, but you don't want to be of it. You don't want to be a product of social media. It's fine to use it. It's fine to mess around with it and use it for your means. But your your life should not be wrapped up in this stupid phone or on social media because it's all bullshit, right? Like if if all of a sudden Instagram went away tomorrow, no, I mean, some of you might lose some money or something like that. But as far as like your actual who you are as a person, that doesn't change, right? You are who you are. And so, you know, again, you've got to separate yourself from this, from this stuff because it can be insidious. You can see people just scrolling through the phones all day long and they get nothing done. But this idea that the experts, this has been around for a long time because you can see this. You can go back to things like Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil's a great example. Well, like, you know, um, there was, I think it was, was it Dr. Laura or something who wasn't even a real doctor and she was giving women uh, advice on how to be like a really good wife or whatever. And in, in reality, she was like a woman that was stealing uh, these like husbands from these other wives and stuff like that. So, it, you know, these people that are completely in contradict or contradictory to what they're promoting in some cases, but they promote it because of the influence that they have with people on these radio shows. And so you've seen this uh, for a long time. It just um, it's now it's one of those things where you have more options. And if you're not careful, you can sit on this thing and you can just like lose your whole life to a friggin phone or a uh, computer screen. I, yeah. I think that's that's very succinctly put. And I have a, a good follow up. But really, since I am also a massive fan of the Audible app, what uh, what books are you listening to these days? <laughs> Mm, I just finished one. I, I, there's a book that I re-listen re to at least about once a year just because I like the ideas in it. Um, it's not very long. It's called uh, The 80-20 Rule by Robert – I guess you would say Koch or something. It's K-O-C-H. Um, okay. But basic – but that was an important book that I read back mm, – maybe three, four years ago. And um, I read it uh, at the recommendation of a, of a business mentor. And when I read the book, basically it's this idea that, you know, 20%, which everybody's heard the Pareto principle, you know, 20% of, of something creates 80% of the results. And so, you know, I started going in through the list of things because at the time I was working like crazy, doing a lot of different stuff, a lot of different projects going on. And um, 
I sort of said, well, what are the things I have to do? And I sort of had those listed. And then what are the things I don't have to do? Well, it's a lot of this stuff. So all the stuff I started to delegate and hire people for, and then this stuff I kept so that I could actually have my life be the way that I want it to be. And I think that for a lot of people, you can get, you know, it's even like our jujitsu, right? You get 80% of your returns from a very small fraction of your techniques, right? Like you have your game that you do the best and that's your best stuff. You have other stuff you can dabble with. But when it comes down to like a competition match or a hard roll, a very small fraction of what you know is going to equate to the biggest results you have for the game. And so it's a useful book and it's got some useful principles and it's just a, it's a useful way of thinking for people in their life, uh, especially if you're someone that is your own, if you if you own your own business or if you were just strapped to the gills with time and work and all that other stuff. That's interesting. I like I like that premise. I, I like the the idea of turning it back into jujitsu because it's very true. Like the more the more I try to use jujitsu philosophies in mm-hmm. my everyday life, like I feel like the better my life starts to become. Man, like tell, let's talk a little bit about that because that's something that always intrigues me. Like I, I've noticed distinctly that since I've get gotten my black belt, since I've dedicated my life to the pursuit of jujitsu and, and, and consider myself to be, I don't like to use the word master, but I think it's fair to say that I have a mastery of jujitsu to a certain degree. You know, I think, sure. I think you can say that when you get your black belt, you can say that you have mastered the art of jujitsu. And I'm not going to go put a coral belt on. It's go stand next to Helio Gracie, but I, I, I feel like I have that type of thought. Is it real quick. Is it fucked up that I could so see you doing that? Just course, to well, see what happens. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously it's going up on Instagram. Now just like my, my name's Kevin Gallagher. This is Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is, is that since I've reached that point of understanding something at that level, being able to pick it apart at the most minute levels in, a, in such a philosophical mannerism and retool the same things over and over again, it's changed the way I look at the rest of the world, the way I look at other things in my life. Have you found that a lot about what you do with jujitsu, how it's made you change, how it's made you more successful in other, other areas of your life? Um, I, You know, I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's one of those things where I think it's any time you spend a huge amount of time and a huge amount of effort um, dedicating yourself to something, it changes your thought process for a lot of things. You know, like, for instance, I have friends that are musicians and they're very good musicians. And when they speak about music, it's the same way that I think about jiu-jitsu, right? They have the same sort of um, outlook on things where it basically it's fueled by this deep learning that they've done in this particular subject. And so I, I think it's only, it only makes sense, right? Like, I mean, even sometimes when I've, you know, I get into um, situations that are a little scary, let's say uh, related to a business situation, for instance, right? I'm like, well, you know, I fought a dude in a cage or I, w- I remember going up against that one really big guy at that competition and I came out just fine. So I'll just do it. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, it's one of those things where you, you get a bit of confidence in yourself and it, again, depending on where you were when you started jujitsu, um, it, it could change you in different ways, I believe, because everybody comes into jujitsu and gets something different. And I think that anybody who goes deep into some sort of learning of some sort of skill or art, they all get something different from it, depending on where they were at the time. And so um, I think that obviously it's, it's a hundred percent going to change the way that you sort of your outlook on life. That's cool, man. Here's here's another another direction we can lead this into because I want to get you talking about jujitsu because I want to pick your brain because you're, <laughs> you're you're you have a very big jujitsu brain in that in that big giant enormous noggin on top of your shoulders. <laughs> um, so, 
you, you talked about how jujitsu changes lives and, and how it's made you think in different levels, different than like that. Talk to me a little bit about what specifically, and, and it, I guess this is a tough question to answer, but tell me about what specifically you see about jujitsu that has this effect on people. Well, jujitsu, I mean, there's a lot of different things you can think about. I mean, one is that jujitsu is a, you get a, you get it in a jujitsu gym, you get into a situation where you're in a, a contained environment um, and there's a lot of stressful stuff going on. So um, there's uh, an idea uh, that I have from, I've, I've read several books on that range from like like some sort of some sort of obscure psychological stuff to like old tribal rituals right and for instance with tribal rituals when they would do transformative work in people you would have a, you would have to have a space that was contained right because you can't have um things just coming and going it has to be a contained space and then they would sort of the idea is that you would have to apply heat to someone meaning not physical heat but like 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 heat as in like um pressure the pressure stress right. you're going through it and then afterwards you have to have that ability to be in that environment for a while and then kind of go come come forward and go backwards and back and forth and so with your gym you have a contained space where both it's contained by the walls around the gym but it's also contained by the culture and the community of people that are there within that space you're then faced with challenges stressful situations your own anxieties, frustrations, happiness, joy, anger, everything, the whole gamut is circling around the, the whole thing that you're doing, right? If you go to a, a competition, you can feel the elation of getting the gold medal on your neck and being standing on top of the podium, or you can have the gut-wrenching sort of bottom, like sort of pit in your stomach after you walk off the mat and you lost the first match after traveling across the country for this competition that you've been training for for eight months, right? Whatever, you know, you get these things where all this stuff's going on, and that changes who you are, right? That makes you a more self-reliant person in a lot of cases. It makes you a more confident person because one of the things that you see over and over again is that people will a lot of times undersell themselves. They'll think, I can't do this. I can't whatever. And then when they do jiu-jitsu or grappling or whatever it might be, they end up going through the situation, which is the case with me. And you realize <clears throat> there's more in me than I think there is because maybe you were staring the big guy down who just looked like he was a monster and you beat that person. Well, you just told yourself a different story. You got a different story for yourself. I remember um, one of the guys at my gym was, a, he was in a, you know, mid thirties. I remember him. He lost like a hundred pounds. He, we literally have a picture with him doing the, 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 the Jared from subway picture where he's holding out this pair of jeans and you could fit another person in there. And um, you know, he got off like all the different medications he was on and I remember when he won a competition, he was on the podium, first medal, you know, standing up there. He steps down and he comes up and hugs me and he looks at me dead in the eye. And he, you can see not crying, but you can see there's some emotion going on in his eyes. And he says, Chewy, thank you. And I'm, you know, I'm just thinking, man, no, good job today, man. I'm, I'm proud of you. And he says, no, no, thank you. I've never been a winner at anything. I've never won anything before. And then, like a grown man's telling me this, I don't. I, I'm like, I'm, I'm right there in the hearts, right? Just got me in the feels, and it's like, you know, I don't know how to say anything. But what you see in that situation is that man now has a different sort of story that he can tell himself, and that story then is not. I'm not a loser. I'm a winner, and I've done this. I did this, and with the help of other people, and I can do a lot of other things. And so, you know, those are some examples. But 
I think it's the, the, the transformative situation of jujitsu is that fact that when people come in there, they're placed with a lot of stress. Um, and that stress can be different for different people. You know, I've had women come into the gym where they were coming in there because they were um, attacked physically and they wanted to take the power back and they wanted to feel like they could physically do something. I had a teacher one day where she was, she was probably about five, one, maybe 105 pounds, a tiny little woman. Right. And I remember she came in because she had been, um, sort of roughed up by someone, um, when she was coming out of her school or whatever, and she starts training jujitsu. And I remember it was about eight, nine months into it. I remember we had a new guy come into the gym. It was just like, it was this very like first week or whatever. And so um, he was rolling that day. And I typically don't let the brand new guys roll with women's because sometimes they can be really spazzy and I don't want them to get hurt or beat up or something like that. So she goes over and rolls with them and I didn't see this. So I go up and I'm, and I'm getting ready to change them. I'm like, Hey uh, guys. And she looks at me and she just says like, back off. I got this. And so I'm like, okay. So I stand back there and watch and I watch this little five pound hundred or uh, five, one little 105 pound woman whip around this guy's back and choke him out multiple times. And um, you know, she gets up and she's like, she, she doesn't like, like rub the guy's face and everything, but she gets up and she smiles very big at me. Like, I, I just did something that I like this guy's brand new. He's going, he doesn't know any difference of how to slow down. He's going, he's grabbing on my head and I fought through it and I choked him. And so that's a cool thing. Cause now that's a different story that the person has. She's no longer the person that got beat, like got roughed up outside the school. She's the person that says, you know what? I just took a grown man who weighs 180 pounds and I was able to get around his back and choke him and he couldn't stop it. Like that's a new story for that person. And again, it's done in a, it's done in a contained environment where we can apply pressure, stress, and all the other things that's going on there. And we can do so in a safe environment that's contained inside that gym where people can come in there and that's the the transformative effect from it. And so I think that's one of the things that's really important through jiu-jitsu. I, I, I just, before, uh, before we move on, I would also like to state that I've seen a similar transformative effect. And I think we all have in the opposite way where instead of empowering people in need of empowerment, it humbles people in need of humbling in a way that is a lot safer than how it might happen outside. Like instead of getting held up at gunpoint yeah. after thinking your whole life that you're indestructible and you're <clears throat> hot shit. And, and that's what transforms you. Instead, you come into a jujitsu class thinking like I was varsity football. I'm like the big guy. I'm hot shit. And then a little girl just completely mangles you from pillar to post. And in a safe way, you, you mm -hmm. are defeated. You experience defeat repeatedly in a safe way. And you become able to either handle it or you leave. There's yeah. a lot of people that leave, but you're able to, to experience a visceral physical failure in about the safest way you can. It's not like you're going into a Muay Thai gym and you're just getting lit up. You are being submitted and then you start again and submitted and then you start again. And I've seen, I've seen D one athletes who are the biggest jocks on the planet be be hammered into more humble beings mm -hmm. by repeated experiences like that. And so I just want, I wanted to make sure I just, cause I, I feel like that it's beautiful that it can happen in both spectrums. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It, it all depends on where you're coming in. Because again, nobody's, this is why a lot of times I don't, I, I don't like the idea of, I mean, it's just me with changing the word a little bit, but I like saying path, right? I don't like saying jujitsu journey so much. I like saying the jiu your own path in jujitsu because 
it's unique to you because wherever you start jujitsu, that's what's really it's that's what you're going to get out of it because it's based upon where you're coming in at. And you're right, you can have people that are full of themselves and they're very this that whatever, and then they come in and they get humbled by the 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 nerdy kid over in the corner who beats the brakes off of them, and it changes them as a person and makes them you know a more humble person in some cases. And again, that depends on where they are as a person, you know. So again, you're absolutely right. Yeah, man. Jiu-jitsu, I say this probably once a podcast. It's it's one of those rare things in the world that will give you what you're missing. Like if 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 you're a if you're an egocentric person that's maybe a little bit cocky, it's gonna humble the shit out of you. If possibly. you're if you're yeah, it's possible. Yeah, not hard. But it, <laughs> it's if, not a if, perfect if system. <laughs> right. If you're if you're if you're meek and and you need to be a little more confident, it's gonna give you it's gonna give you that 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 belief in yourself and like you just got to wait it out. And like, just FYI, man, that story about the dude getting off of the podium and, and, and coming up to you and telling you how much you changed your life. I, mean, I, I relate to that so well as a coach. And it's I almost got a little mm-hmm. teary just thinking about it because yeah. it really is one of my favorite aspects of teaching jujitsu. It's, you know, I enjoy working with world-class athletes. Like I, I work with UFC fighters. You know, I'm talking about I work with freaking world-class jiu-jitsu competitors that want to go out there and win the pans and do all those things. And, like, I get a I get a satisfaction off of helping them get to that next level, right? But I feel like sometimes, and I, most of the time anyway, I feel more way more satisfied just taking the weekend warrior guy that, you know, is, you know, father of two kids that, that you know that's kind of like a whole humming through their life it doesn't feel like they're really going anywhere that needs some kind of release to make them feel empowered again or you know the guy that like you said's never won anything never been a winner always kind of just sitting back in the dust and has that lack of lust inside of them like it's so gratifying for me to work with those guys and allow them to feel what how amazing it is to be empowered in that, in that manner, man. So I, it was really, really like, it it really was, man. It really got me like, Oh wow. It got me in the feels, man. (laughs) Well, I would just say that Kev, you, it's not even about helping your guys. You just like helping people. Like when Nikki rod needed someone in the corner and you were just like, yeah, man, I'll do it. (laughs) I like helping myself too. Sometimes. I, I, I think that that is, uh, we're talking about, uh, instruction and what it means to instruct people. And I think having two seasoned instructors in jujitsu is a perfect time to ask this question, but uh, both of you have seen the way jujitsu is taught, I would presume, change a lot in a fairly short amount of time from the stories I've heard from the people I've talked to. Jiu-jitsu a lot, it used to be basically just a blast furnace where you go into it and if you you can survive the the nonstop action rounds like like harshness then you get promoted and that is how it's it's very it's still very much for the little guy but it's also not full of like stop and help you know Mm -hmm. and it's i've seen it get a lot more scientific there's a lot more ways to approach the act of instructing and what i would love to know is from both of your perspectives do you think there is still more ways that the instruction of Brazilian jiu-jitsu can improve or have we basically figured out roughly how to do it effectively and there's not much more room for innovation there oh i mean if you think that there's no room for innovation you're in a bad place you know what i mean <laughs> if, you're not, like, if you're not growing you're dying that's why i asked the, the question <laughs> yeah you know it, it's definitely improved from back in the years obviously but at the same time it's like 
I mean, that's kind of a, to me, that's, that, that's, that, that in itself, that that's like an idea, like, all right, we're good enough. That kind of idea of complacency, that's kind of a death sentence for anything. Um, I mean, imagine if you said my jujitsu is good enough. I don't need anything else. I'm good. I mean, you're, that's a bad, that's a bad mindset. Uh oh, oh no! There he is. Hey Chewy, uh, you're Chewy. Can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Yeah. You good? Oh yeah, you're yeah. Good? Sorry, your audio you cut clicked out, out there for a second. second. <laughs> we're good. Now keep going. Keep yeah, going. keep going. Some someone called out to cancel, but um, the um, there are people that have that mindset of like I'm good enough. I mean, look at the idea with leg locks. I mean, you know, for a long time there were high level black belts that would you know like ah leg locks psh, this kind of stuff. Meanwhile, everybody's using them. People are getting really good with them, but you're going to, you know, in the face of that evidence, ah, we don't need those. I'm good enough. You know, I mean, it's, uh, there, there's always more that, you, that can be done. I would love yeah, to preface that. I don't think that I was just posing the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. You're just kind of just like throwing it out there. I got you. I, I agree with, I agree with you 100%. I mean, you always have to be looking for new ways to keep people innovated and you have to be thinking of new ways to keep people, you know, to keep people coming back to jujitsu because like I didn't start training until about 2009. So I kind of predate the nice comforting jujitsu world, but not by that much, definitely not by the world that Chewy Chewy was living in when he, when he mm-hmm. came into the jujitsu world, I'm sure it was just like, Hey kid, can you do this or not? All right. If you can't, just beat it because <laughs> we don't have time to deal with your shit no more. Close. But, you know, in, in my opinion, my take on, on that whole idea is this, is yes, we have entered a world where jiu-jitsu is becoming more friendly to less competitive, less combative, combative-minded people. And I think it's important to do that because, like we spoke of already, the beauty of jujitsu lies way deeper in just learning how to fight and learning how to, to, to get in shape and all the other things that people use as secondary motives. I have private lesson clients all the time to come up and say, Hey, I want to to fight. I want to get in shape. I'm like, all right, that's cool. You think that's why you want to be here, but you're going to find out it's way more than that. Mm-hmm. The, the, so, you know, by keeping jujitsu safe, by having entry programs, by looking after the white belts, it keeps people from coming back. But there's a certain element of jujitsu that you just can't take away. Mm-hmm. And you can't take away that the strong will survive mentality because that's what makes jujitsu what it is. You know, you have to put people in the boiler. You have to put people in the fire and you have to make them learn to live through that to realize, hey, wow, that sucked, but I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. I learned some things. I learned how to deal because that's what makes jujitsu great. That's what makes jujitsu the greatest martial arts for self-defense and everything we talked about growth it's, it's all based upon that but as instructors we have to care so as instructors we can't just be this nonchalant well you're either going to do this thing or not kid don't waste my time you have to take the time to listen to your students you have to take the time even if it's out of the side of your mouth to put your arm around someone that's broken that day and you know because i'm tough about this i try my best like i'm i'm not exactly a hey kumbaya kind of guy you know <laughs> i don't know if you knew that about me or not but <laughs> But, For some reason, you, your face just now looked like Robert De Niro from Casino, right. and I have right. no idea why. Just like, but the, <laughs> point I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is this, is that like I make it a point to go out of my way to make people feel included, to let people know, hey, even if it's after a roll and everybody's tired, say, hey, bro, if you had a shit day today, that's part of what's going, what we're going through. Like I used to have shit days all the time. 
I still have shit days when I come to train sometimes. I still days when I come in here and get my ass kicked. I got tapped by a brown belt yesterday or a couple weeks ago with a loop choke, and I lost sleep over thinking about it. You know what I mean? That's how bad I was about it because it was somebody from another school that I was like, all right, this kid's being cocky. I'm going to go show him what's up, and I got loop choked. <laughs> but that's the point I guess I'm trying to make is that you can't you, – you, you want to make it inclusive, but you can't strip away – what makes jiu-jitsu great? I think most gyms are doing that pretty well these days. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I, I and I think that's really important just because, you know, we can't really go an episode without talking about it these days. But you know, with the state of the world and, ergo, the state of jiu-jitsu being so perilous, you know, we're seeing gyms having to close up shops, some permanently, and a, a lot of people at every level are losing sleep over it. I, I think that that added compassion from coaches and that investment in students' lives. I mean, like I've, I have, uh, like my coach Chris is very much that way. Um, that that was something I wanted to bring up earlier. Is that have you noticed that your students have taken a lot of a lot more advantage over you having such an online catalog of of content related to technique now that you know in person classes are are not what they used to be? Well, no. I mean, our, our, our classes are pretty normal right now. I mean, we're training. Um, yeah? S- yeah, so we're training. So we're, we're doing the damn thing. Um, I, I'm, in, I'm in Florida, baby. We've been, we've been shooting guns and drinking margaritas and training the whole time. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I, you know, it's just one of those things where I know gyms that never close down, and they're in hot spots, and all, they're all still <laughs> yeah. training. So, I mean, it is what it is, man. Um, uh, people make their own decisions. But um, I'm not saying right or wrong or right. I apologize. I keep trying to I keep interrupting <laughs> you. I apologize, but it is what yeah. it is. We're in Florida. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. no, it's fine. I, you know, I'm fine with it. Like I'm it's just one of those things where if, if, if I've, I've, I know too many gyms where it's like, if they're not, these, these dudes should be dropping like flies. If the thing was yeah. going to get everybody, they're not. Um, but I, I think with that kind of stuff, man, like I, the, like I never did the zoom thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I thought it was stupid. Um, I thought like, the whole point of jujitsu is the community, the people that I'm in there with. Right. And that's one of the things that like I get, that's what lights me up is I'm inside the gym with people. We're talking, we're for all these different walks of life. And like, especially in these last couple months with everything that's been going on, and especially in the United States, like it's been this blessing where I literally come out of the gym and like, you know, I, I shield myself away from most of the, the garbage that's on social media and the news and everything else, because it's just, it's all a bunch of junk. That's just, it's, it's on there for one reason only. And that's to get you an angry and, and incite anger and emotions in there. And it's it, most of it is just completely, it's, it's just downright lies most of the time where they're, they're yeah. completely not telling you true information. And it's like, how the hell do you get that? How, how is that journalism? How is that like real? Like this is on a TV station and they're literally lying in the face of the actual, like the, the facts that are out on the situation, right? It drives me nuts. But people watch that and they, they associate themselves with whatever and then they get all angry at each other. But then you come in and train and you realize like, oh, all this stuff that we separate each other by outside of the gym, like it doesn't really matter when you're trying to choke each other. And you know what? Like we got a lot in common. You're actually kind of a cool person. So even though like you're this or I'm that, like we're cool. Right. And so again, it, it, that sort of, that connection is so important, I think for, uh, for society. And it's been so important for me. So anyway, going back to your question, we, we already have an online database um, that that's been, that's been going on for the students. I have, I've had that going for a while because this way, whatever I'm teaching gets recorded and put into the back database. So this way they can log in. If they're not around, they can see what we've been doing. Um, if they've been off for a little bit, but um, 
I, you know, otherwise, no. I mean, it, when, when the jiu-jitsu stopped everybody, we basically rented out all of our weight training equipment because we've got a pretty big gym here. And then yeah. um, when we opened, we just like said, here you go. You take all our stuff, go lift some weights. And then, um, you know, we started getting back into small classes in June and we're just back to training. And um, yeah, that's that. If uh, I, I if this is too personal, you can feel free to let me know. But has the has the retention rate been pretty good? Like, did you did you lose a lot of people in the in the intervening time? Damn. I mean, we, Damn. We, lost, we lost some, but we didn't lose many students. Most of our students stayed with us. We, uh, you know, we would uh, comp memberships and stuff like that. Like, hey, if you uh, if you want to like whatever, that's fine. A lot of the students uh, continued to pay because they wanted to support the gym and they wanted the gym to be there. So I'm blessed for some good people around us. Um, you know, we lost money like everyone else, but again, and this goes back to it. This is like me and my business partner, the, the amount of like the reason why our gym was able to basically weather the storm pretty much unfazed is because there's a good business in place, right? Like there's a lot of things going on in place that have nothing to do with the actual training. And so again, if you're a gym owner, you've got to make sure, because if it wasn't the coronavirus, it'll be something else. I remember I, this gym was here during the 2008 crisis, right? We were here then everything's boom, blowing up. And then everybody's losing their jobs and stuff like that or freaking out about money and they, they get nervous. So, you know, it's endured that stuff before. And so if you're going to run a gym, you've got you've to be invested in the business. Because here's why the way I see it is if your gym is run well and you've got a good, strong business, that then allows you to support people and then deliver to them. Because as, a, as the, the, the online bearded YouTube guy who gets questions from people, one of the questions that comes up all the time and has for years is Chewy, I love my gym, I love my people, but the gym closed down because we didn't have enough students or we this, that, whatever happened. And then those people then were connected to this community of people. They were connected to this coach. It had become an anchor in their life and then it's gone, right? And so I think that anyone that opens up a school, you have people that, and this is a coach to me, like you, you have people's desires, goals, dreams, aspirations. You have their, all these different things that are sitting on your shoulders and you should bear that weight with a lot of responsibility. And it shouldn't be something that should be frivolous. It's like, I'm going to open up a gym because I don't want to work a nine to five, right? It's like, you should be working a lot more than a nine to five because you need to, you need to keep this thing going because these people now depend on you, you know? And so, um, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with it. I, was I, no, I, hear, I hear you. I, I see you. I see that a lot too, man. I we, I got a lots of dudes that train that want to open up gyms, man. And like, I don't have my own gym, but I'm in the process of doing it. But I see sure. lots of gyms open and lots of gyms closed because it's not just about when you open a gym, if you open a business, it's not just about saying, oh, sweet. Now I don't have to have a job. I get to just go teach jujitsu all day long. That's right. Because, brother, you got to keep them lights on. You got to pay for marketing. Mm -hmm. You got to be there to get students in the door. You got to have sales. You got to have the whole. You got to learn entire new skills that you might yeah. not have had before, right. you know, or. Well, or, well to kind of go back to your, your the thing that Kevin was talking about, like. As a coach, I, you know, you should care. And I think it should come from a care, like not even from a monetary standpoint, but like if you're a coach and you don't give a shit about your students, why are you a coach? Yeah. Like it's the wrong job for you. Go do something else, right? Like, yeah. you know, do something else. But if you're, if you're going to be a coach, you should absolutely care whether these people come in because to me, like, I, you know, I feel blessed. I come in and I have these, uh, these people come in and, you know, if they have questions after class, whatever, I want to, I want to help them out. I want them to be there. I'm going to check on them. I, I you know, if they, if they get injured, I check on them after, uh, you know, the next morning, how's everything feeling just because I genuinely care. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why, like, you know, it, like for instance, retention, you know, if you want to have good retention rate, people should feel like the people actually give a shit about them because if you don't give a shit about them, obviously when times get tough, they're not going to give a shit about you either. Right. So it, it, you have to pay that thing right out of the gate. You got to go forward and you got to put that energy forward first. 
I think it, it I like uh, a few, uh, I think it was to, to what you said about that anchor that you feel from the community. I, I feel like in jujitsu, I and many others have found their tribe. You know, mm-hmm. that's the, that's the only term that I think is truly fitting for what I feel. It's, it's, it's a tribe that I belong to that I, I am honored by and I, I, gain strength from like just point of example i just got engaged and including kev g i think all but one of my groomsmen is someone i met through jujitsu or the or the martial arts we got one taekwondo guy and we're probably gonna bully him pretty relentlessly the entire time <laughs> but nice <laughs> hey tristan <laughs> <laughs> but but it's and that idea where we've i've like one of my gyms has lost a few like purple belts that haven't mm-hmm. like really kept in touch in for months. And so I, it's stuff like I've seen things that I never thought would happen. Like people that I thought were lifers that have not been in it to such a degree that I'm like, yeah, they're not coming back. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it guts me, you know, it really does. And so it's, it's always good to hear, hear that like gyms are doing well and that they're, that, that tribe is sticking together. So, you know, congratulations to you for, for building that you know, in Derby city, you know, that's, that's really good. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, Kev G has probably got to go. He's an international man of mystery. (laughs) and uh, His schedule is very, very important. Uh, So, but (laughs) Nick, I just, I wanted to take the moment to a moment to thank you for your time and your insights. This is a, this was definitely one of our more cerebral episodes. And I think I'm going to have a lot of fun listening back to it. Uh, this is the time we usually give all of our guests a moment to plug any sort of like sponsors or things they've got going on. And, you know, aside from your wildly successful YouTube channel that we'll, be, sponsor. we'll, be, we'll be chasing the tail end of for the next decade, at least trying to catch up. Uh, is there anything you'd like to, to say here at the close, man? Um, well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate that. And then, um, yeah, if someone's listening to this and uh, if you don't know who I am, you can go to YouTube, you can put in jujitsu, you can watch the videos. Um, and then if you guys want to follow me more closely, I have an email, so like an email list that I have with that I mail every morning, uh, from usually Monday through Friday. You can check that out if you want to. You can go to, um, it's jujitsu training dot com slash pod pod if you go to that website i prepared something for the listeners on the podcast here today so they can go there and it'll have a couple little free um videos and free uh jujitsu ebooks so they can get their hands on that and it's one's a drilling ebook and one is a uh, what is it it is a game plan ebook for someone if they're getting ready for a competition and it's some videos to explain that so they can get that uh, but otherwise you can just put in jujitsu online and check that out all right well uh Everybody, go and run, don't walk to all of the things that uh, Mister Albin just plugged there. They're pro- they're all quality content, and you can pick Mr. out. You can Alvin. start. Albin, you can pick. Call, a, call me by my government name. You know, like, <laughs> I, when, I, when I, I was just real quick when I was sending you the the Facebook link, I had to actually I had to think about it for a second. Oh fuck, what's his name? <laughs> <laughs> I think it. I know it's Nick. What's his last name? I knew I knew, but it just took a second to get it uh, to get it working again. Oh man, I like the one time when I was working with when I was working uh announcing for the BJJ Woodstock for Jordan at uh, over at Subspectrum a few months ago. Uh, one of the guys there uh was there like one of their second in commands in the 
in the in the organization a guy named mouse he was like hey man we don't use government names so i was assigned <laughs> a nickname i was assigned a nickname and everyone else there was assigned a nickname <laughs> that's cool and one day i'll tell you but until then <laughs> this has been <laughs> this has been another episode of the jujitsu times podcast uh uh, Chewy, thank you so much once again, man. This was a really good one. Uh, uh, feel free. You can, if you are coming to YouTube, you, reminder, you can catch us on all available podcast platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, please rate us five stars. It would really help us out a lot. Uh, and it would make us feel good. You know, it's always good to get that kind of validation. And I think we're a five-star podcast, truthfully. Oh, yeah, you know, and uh, when you're done listening to our entire back catalog, please go and check out Mr. Chewy's wonderful podcast. He's had amazing guests. Uh, it is definitely a worthy rival in the BJJ podcast scene. <laughs> uh, and uh, with all of that said, I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Kevin Gallagher, and guest Chewy jitsu uh respect yourself respect others and protect your neck it's crazy out there good night r.i.p eddie van halen